Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So this being December 27th, um, coming to the end of the year, it's a time of reflection. And uh, it's a time that, it's interesting, time is obviously just the concept, right? I mean, like when somebody says, oh, it's your birthday, do you feel any older? You know, well, no. Although some numbers when you hit, well, yeah. Um, but it's all a concept. I mean, are there really numbers? They're just very interesting, useful concepts, constructs in the mind. Like last week when we did the um, end of the Mayan calendar. Um, Just a construct in the mind. However, there is something very um, profound about using that construct, especially when there's a collective consciousness around that construct, a general agreement that kind of um, informs everybody's consciousness. So you're kind of going through something together, all just playing in the land, the field of illusion. And on the one hand, it's useful to know it's an illusion. On the other, um, we can uh, let that play uh, move us and inspire us and um, help us orient in this very disorienting physical plane, being a human on planet Earth. So I thought we could use this evening for some reflection together as we look at uh, the past, the present, and the future. Now, um, if you've been doing reading on the Buddhist teaching and on mindfulness, you probably have gotten the value, the importance, the, the, the stressing of living here in the present moment. And sometimes people, when they first get into mindfulness, they say, oh, does that mean I can't plan anymore? Or does it mean that I'm supposed to just forget about everything that's happened and just be here in the moment? How do I live my life like that? Um, Well, you don't. There's a value, and in the Buddha's teaching, a strong encouragement to 
reflect, to reflect on what has happened, to reflect about what is happening right now, and to reflect about the future. And reflecting is a different orientation than what's often called bare attention, where you just know, okay, now lifting my foot and placing it, or lifting the foot and placing it, or here's breathing, this is a moment of thought, this is a moment of sensation, this is a moment of feeling this, feeling this feeling, this emotion. That is a a liberating quality mental factor of mind. Just being here in the moment without any kind of extra evaluating, um, editorial comment, uh, ruminating. However, there is a value, as the Buddha talked about, in reflecting, okay, what what is going on here? Besides past and, and future, what is happening right in this moment? And I wanted to offer a little bit of his teachings on reflection before we do our reflection, lest you think, oh, you know, this isn't very Buddhist to think about the past or where I'm going in the future. No, this is something that he, he stressed. Wise reflection, it is sometimes called. If you're looking back on what might have been unskillful in your actions, it's sometimes called wise remorse. Not just remorse or regret, but wise remorse. There's a difference. Uh, That means you're learning through that reflection, instead of feeling lousy, oh, I blew it again, and I'm just no good. Wise remorse, what did I do? How can I learn from it? And wise reflection, oh, what did I do that was really valuable, that was really useful, and what can I learn from it? A few different areas that this comes up in his teaching. Hmm... This is from uh, the Sabasava Sutta, Majjhima number two. I say that the getting rid of anxieties and troubles is possible, this is the Buddha speaking, for one who knows and sees, not for one who does not know and see. What must one know and see in order to get rid of anxieties and troubles? Wise reflection and unwise reflection. For one who reflects unwisely, there arise anxieties and troubles that have not yet arisen, and those that have already arisen increase. But for one who reflects wisely, anxieties and troubles that have not yet arisen do not arise, and those already arisen disappear. In one discourse, I've mentioned it here uh, a number of times, it's one of my favorite discourses, the Buddha speaking to his son, Rahula, when supposedly that this happened when uh, the Buddha uh, came back to his hometown and met his son, who was uh, seven years old at the time. He'd been away 
for, for six years, and he was, Rahula was in the order for about a year, and uh, he was supposedly seven years old when he gave, uh, his father gave him this, this discourse. And he says, um, if you're about to do something, an action that you're not quite clear on um, where it's heading, he says, reflect and see where is this leading to? Is this going to be leading to suffering or well-being? And if you can notice that, then act accordingly. And then he says, but you might not realize until you're in the middle of the action. And while you're in the middle of the action, if you can remember, just reflect, where is this going? Is this feeling good right now? Or is this creating some disturbance? And he says, if you can reflect and see, oh, where is this leading in your heart, then uh, act accordingly. And then as the sutta goes on, he says, you might not realize until after the deed is done or the word is spoken. And he says, at that time, reflect. What was that like? Where did it lead to? Was it conducive to well-being or did it create suffering for myself or from another, for another? And in that moment, just get in touch with how actions have consequences and learn from it. He doesn't say beat yourself up and feel really guilty about it. That just leads to nowhere. Just more, more dukkha, more suffering. But he says, how can I keep on learning? And this is the, the key to keep on learning. Mm-hmm. In the Kalama Sutta, he says to the Kalamas, don't believe anybody, don't believe any authority, but reflect when you know for yourself, not just the ideas that you prefer, but when you know for yourself, oh, this leads to suffering or this leads to happiness, then act accordingly. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in the Satipatthana Sutta, the refrain that's used. This is the, the discourse on mindfulness that all of Buddhist meditation is based on. The ongoing refrain says uh, you contemplate, for instance, your body experience or your, your mind experience or your feeling experience. And in this, in this way, in regard to the body, one abides contemplating the body internally and contemplating externally or contemplating both internally, that's your own experience or what you see in others, abides contemplating the nature of arising of sensations in the body, contemplates the nature of passing away in the body. And so you're looking, and he says this the same thing with mind states. He says, see, oh, where... How did this mind state arise? What created the conditions for it to arise? How did it pass away? So there's this ongoing exploration and contemplation alongside the simple bare attention. They go together. And if you're just looking at the, the bare experience, you're missing the context of things, what's called a clear comprehension, or as, as one person says, it's, it's good 
Besides knowing that you're putting your foot down, Ramdas talks about this, besides knowing that your foot is being put down, it's good to know your zip code too, you know? The context of where you are so you're acting appropriately. <clears throat> and of course, we've talked about the five reflections here, the daily reflections that the Buddha said to keep in mind every day, oh, I am the nature to grow old, become sick and die, and everyone near and dear to me will become separated from me. He said, reflect on this every day. And my karma, I am the owner of my karma. This is a very powerful reflection to see the context that the understanding of which allows us to wake up even more uh, and appreciate the preciousness of our life. And even after one is enlightened, you might think, okay, well, that's, that's important on your way to becoming enlightened. But even after, just in case this happens to you tonight or in the next week or so, uh, and you have an experience of the highest happiness, the experience of nibbana, the complete cessation of greed, hatred, and delusion. In the, the teachings, and there's a number of different stages of insight that lead up to this freedom, this awakening. After one is enlightened, there is what's called reviewing. There comes the knowledge of reviewing. Okay. I'll just read a little bit just in, in case you, know, you might want to get some pointers. Uh, the duration of that threefold knowledge of maturity, path, and fruition is not long, it's very short, and lasts for just an instant. This is one um, uh, uh, espousing of the possibility of freedom. It's not the only one, but this is a classical one in the the discourses and the commentaries. It, It is very short and lasts for just an instant, where the mind completely stops and you open to another reality of nibbana, the unconditioned. Like the duration of a single thought of noticing, subsequently, however, there arises the knowledge of reviewing. Through that knowledge of reviewing, the meditator discerns that the insight leading to emergence came along with the very rapid function of noticing, and that immediately after that last phase of noticing, the path consciousness entered into the cessation of formations. This is knowledge reviewing the path and also discerning that the consciousness is this in abiding in that same cessation during the intervening period between path and reviewing, knowledge reviewing fruition, and then knowledge reviewing nibbana. So you kind of, after your mind gets blown or you lose your mind for a little while, and you kind of come back and you say, wow, what happened there? Not that you're trying to 
figure anything out, but you're letting it register. What happened? And so you really understand the process that both led up to that and the experience afterwards. So you, again, see how this awakening happens. So all of this is to say that it's really valuable to look at our experience and reflect what happened, how did I interact with my life, with the world, with others, what can I learn from what has happened in the past? So here we are, nearing the end of this year. And the important thing in the reviewing, by the way, is this is not about giving yourself a report card. You know, you know Santa Claus already came. He made his list and he checked it twice and you know, found out if you're naughty or nice. That, I was singing that the other day with a group of people. That's a scary song, you know. <laughs> You can let go of that, okay? And this is, whatever happened, it can be a source of growing and awakening. As my friend and inspiration, Julia Butterfly Hill says, as long as you're learning, there's no mistakes. So, I just invite you, as we are going through this process, to um, go inside for a few moments. Here we are, December 27th. This has been quite a year for our collective consciousness, not the least of which going through and surviving an election, uh, let alone other major events on the world stage, and also within yourself. I mean, this was supposed to be one of the most intense years around. Um, What was it like for you? And as you reflect on your year, you might think of different events that happened in your journey, whether they were wonderful or challenging, is secondary to what have you learned? I'll be quiet for a few moments. might get in touch with inspirations or difficulties, can learn from both of those, ways that you see areas that need further attention or areas that you've developed gratefully and gracefully. 
Let's make the year count by getting in touch with how this year has helped you grow. Whatever you are noticing, bring a very kind, compassionate, wise awareness to the reflection. This is wise reflection. What has shaped you this year? How? How has it helped you greater understand or open the heart? If not then, then from this vantage point. What's kept you perhaps either stuck or what obstacles have you been working with, habits that haven't served you, as well as blessings that have been the gifts in this year. Okay. So this is a reflection in the past. And now here we are in that magical moment called the present. Which is, the paradox is that it's always the present and yet there's, this moment will never be here again. So it's the only present moment that there is. And now there's this one. And now this one. So, we all have heard, if you've done any practice, the importance of being here in the present. This is where waking up comes to its fullness. Wherever you are, or where, whenever you are, when you awaken, you can be guaranteed of one thing, or two things. It will be here, and it will be now. So, the key in being here in the present that I see is being authentic 
and connected and bringing a very wise, kind awareness to where you are right now. So I would just invite you to once again go inside and without pretending, without embellishing, to honestly just get in touch with where you are right now and you can expand the present moment to say this this period of time these days and having gone through the year just reflect where you are now it wherever you are it's not the final resting place so don't worry if you're in a valley that changes don't get too excited about being at a peak that will change but what's your relationship to your experience that's the ongoing practice offering and just reflecting on your strengths your successes at this point in your life your areas of development how you're maturing how practice is unfolding at this point in your life. Being authentic and connecting with a very kind wise awareness. Okay, and now, having reflected on the past and where you are right now, as so many people around this time do, reflecting on what lies ahead. And again, this is something that the Buddha strongly encouraged. Not just simply, again, being here in the present moment, but in having a vision for your life. The Buddha had that vision when he decided to leave the palace and go on his quest. And he saw, as he reviewed the Eightfold Path, that not only understanding how it all works and where happiness lies, but that wise understanding, the first link of the Eightfold Path, leading to the second link, which is wise intention, where you 
are inspired by a vision that says, this is what I want to create in my life. This is the direction I want to face. Not just, oh well, we'll just go with the flow, let things happen. There is a value to that, to surrendering. But he didn't just say, Oh, just surrender, and if you're mindful, you're mindful. If you're not, you're not. Or if you act unskillfully, act unskillfully. If you don't, you don't. Just see how it unfolds. That's not what he said. He said, see where true happiness lies and go for it. And in that going for it, having the clearer vision you have of what you want to cultivate the greater the chance of that manifesting because you start to orient yourself to what matters in a very profound way. I'm sure most everybody here can share their own story of how their lives were touched by something that oriented them towards practice, learning to meditate, learning to grow or wake up and valuing that, that orients you and puts you facing in the right direction. So this is not about a race, am I there yet? But it's simply facing in the right direction and taking the next step. Again, that's clear comprehension of purpose. What orients you? What inspires you? Because all of karma comes from our intentions. That famous line, intending is karma through Intending in body, speech, and mind, we create our karma. And this is also true in terms of um, uh, in terms of neuroscience. Now, all of you know the the teachings, Buddha Dharma, has some actual empirical evidence and support. Oh, this is how it works in the brain. So, as you orient and intend you create what's called a confirmation bias where you start to look for things that will support that vision and intention. Your kind of your radar becomes tuned into what will support your intention, especially the deeper you are in touch with that intention. Um, I was reading um, a, a book that's going to be coming out soon uh, called Bouncing Back by Linda Graham about resilience and it's a lot about uh, the neuroscience of, of um, coming through challenges and she talks about the fact that our brains can be both, we can condition our brain to go face in a certain direction, decondition old habits through certain practices and recondition pairing pairing certain events that might have gotten us stuck with other ways of seeing that lead to a kind of new uh, new possibility so this intention is really powerful okay so I'd like you to just reflect for a few moments okay. mm. Oh wait, before I, I do, some, some ways that you might uh, 
uh, check out before I ask you to reflect on where, what you'd like to um, let go of and what you'd like to cultivate. This is the Buddha's teaching on wise effort where you weaken unwholesome states and you strengthen wholesome states. And just so you get a sense of the unwholesome states, unwholesome mental factors and wholesome mental factors, I'll read a few of them. Mm. Things that don't lead to well-being. Delusion, lack of shame, disregard for consequence, restlessness, greed, conceit, hatred, envy, miserliness, sloth, torpor, doubt, wrong view. Just in case you were looking for something to kind of chew on. Here's beautiful states that support well-being. Faith, mindfulness, shame at transgressions. That's a wholesome state. See, mm, I don't know if that feels so good. Regard for consequences, lack of greed, lack of hatred. That's another way of saying generosity or kindness. Balance, equanimity, tranquility, right speech, right action, right livelihood, compassion, joy, wisdom. And then the ten perfections, generosity, virtue, renunciation or simplicity, wisdom, energy, patience, truthfulness, determination, loving kindness, equanimity. So, lots of different things that you might reflect on as you face the future this coming year and knowing that you know people make their resolutions this is not about again did i pass or fail the test but just what in your heart of hearts will truly support well-being and reflect what will it be helpful to work on lessening, weakening, what unwholesome states or behaviors will support you in letting, if you can work on lessening them. I should say, what states lessening will support you in your well-being. And maybe, what are you ready to truly bring to the forefront of your practice in terms of lessening or weakening or abandoning unwholesome states. It's just a work in progress that you are envisioning. And at the same time, what states do you see cultivating that will support you in your practice? States or behaviors, attitudes?
Okay. So now, what I'd like you to do, um, I'm going to be giving out a paper for us to um, to write them down. Both, when you get a piece of paper, you can fold it in two. On one side, you can write what you are... Um, mm, seeing you'd like to focus on as far as um, lessening tendencies, behavior, just to kind of put it as a focus in your practice. Again, this is not, did I get there yet? But just an area that you'd like to work with in diminishing or letting go. And on the other side, uh, what you find you would like to cultivate and support in greater well-being. Um, we've done this uh, before, and what we'll do is, uh, after you've written, we'll do a little ritual, and we'll have uh, the Metta Sutta chanting in, in the background, and uh, each person can come up, you can, after you've written, tear your, uh, your paper, hold on to the things that you want to cultivate, okay? And in fact, I often, I have from last year, uh, I carry it around in my wallet just to kind of remind me. And um, put in the things that you want to let go of. And uh, I'm going to uh, have a a nice fire in my house in a couple of days on New Year's Eve and put mine in there. And uh, Jane is going to put hers in. And our community, we will be uh, letting go all together. By the way, if you say, oh, what's the point of writing things down? Um, It's really powerful. And I'm reminded of a a very important lesson that I got from uh, one of my inspiring teachers, a guy who I mentioned about in the Awakening Joy book named Reverend Miller. Um, He was a psychic, $5 a reading, right? And... uh, one time, I saw him a number of times, and I saw him once, and, he, and uh, I said, okay, Reverend Miller, I want to wanna get, uh, uh, get some wisdom, and uh, I had some things to ask him, and he said, well, before we do, um, I want you to buy a book. And I said, okay. He said, it's a very important book. It can change your life. I said, okay. 50 cents. Okay. It was a little booklet. And I got it. It's called It Works. Anybody ever see It Works? It was like printed 1930-something or 1940. And it was about the power of writing something down. The, The book said, if you write it down three times a day for a month, it works. And I've since, I write down my goals and periodically write them down because there's something magical about actually manifesting and, um, and putting your thoughts down and clarifying your vision, and the universe seems to respond. So um, don't poo-poo this, okay? And, uh, or if you do, poo-poo it mindfully. <laughs> and uh, I've got lots of... Um, lots of Pencils, pens, and writing utensils and stuff.
And maybe if we can uh, pass some around if you need to. Uh, maybe, maybe Jackie and uh, maybe somebody else can help Jackie also with passing around some utensils. Raise your hand if you need something to write with. And uh, here, there is uh, maybe somebody, if uh, you could, somebody could get up and pass around some writing utensils. Okay. Thanks. Anybody else need some paper? Oh, up there, do you have paper? Oh, someone's coming. Okay. And do you need writing? Uh, you're good? You're set up there? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, the second, uh, the, the second one. Yeah. So while we're doing this, the Metta Sutta can be, uh, is going to be chanted in the background. And when, uh, when we're ready... I'll invite everybody to, uh, one person at a time, to come up. Oh, I'll light the candle. And you can put your paper that you're ready to let go of in this bowl. May I be free from mental suffering. May I be free from physical suffering. Um, May I take care of myself happily. May my parents, teachers, relatives, and friends, fellow Dhamma Ferris. Yeah, actually, when you finish writing, they be free from then you can come up and uh, put May it in the bowl. Be free from mental and, uh, May they be free from physical suffering. Say goodbye. May they take care of themselves happily. May all yogis in this compound Be free from enmity and danger. Be free from mental suffering. Be free from physical suffering. May they take care of themselves happily. May all monks in this compound, novice monks, laymen and laywomen disciples. May they be free from enmity and danger. May they be free from mental suffering. May they be free from physical suffering. May they take care of themselves happily. May our donors of the four supports, clothings, food, medicine and lodging be free from enmity and danger be free from mental suffering be free from physical suffering 
May they take care of themselves happily. May our guardian devas in this monastery, in this dwelling, in this compound. May the guardian devas be free from enmity and danger, be free from mental suffering, be free from physical suffering. May they take care of themselves happily. May all beings, all breathing things, all creatures, all individuals, all personalities, may all females, all males, all noble ones, all worldlings, all deities, all humans, all those in the four woeful planes. May they be free from enmity and danger. May they be free from mental suffering. May they be free from physical suffering. May they take care of themselves. May all beings be free from suffering. May whatever they have gained not be lost. All beings are owners of their karma. In the eastern direction, in the western direction, in the northern direction, in the southern direction, in the southeast direction, in the northwest direction, in the northeast direction, in the southwest direction, in the direction below, in the direction above. May all beings, all breathing things, all creatures, all individuals, all personalities, all females, all males, All noble ones, all worldlings, all deities, all humans, all those in the four woeful planes. May they be free from enmity and danger. May they be free from mental suffering. May they be free from physical suffering. 
May they take care of themselves happily. May all beings be free from suffering. May whatever they have gained not be lost. All beings are owners of their karma. As far as the highest plane of existence, to as far down as the lowest plane. In the entire universe, whatever beings that move on earth, may they be free from mental suffering and enmity. May they be free from physical suffering and danger. As far as the highest plane of existence, to as far down as the lowest plane. In the entire universe, whatever beings that move on water, may they be free from mental suffering and enmity. May they be free from physical suffering and danger. As far as the highest plane of existence, to as far down as the lowest plane, in the entire universe, whatever beings that move in air, may they be So um, just notice what's going on for you now. Let your experience be just as it is. And again, there's no pass or fail to this. The key with intention is facing in the right direction and bring in a sincerity of heart that's continually learning. That's why clear comprehension of purpose is so important because when we go, when we don't live up to our ideals or standards, having that commitment helps us stay on track and connected and keeps the learning process going. Your end of the deal is to show up and do your part as best you can and to keep on learning along the way and letting life support you in that. Much more mm, effective and uh, powerful than making a resolution saying, I'll never do this again or I will always or whatever and then just feel like it's you've fallen short. That's not what this is about. This is about deepening our practice and developing all the goodness inside and seeing through the, the ways that we forget or get confused so that they don't run us in that way. So just as we close, feel the support of this whole community. Perhaps you don't know anybody else personally, 
but we're all part of a community together tonight. All those pieces of paper, everybody had something that they could think of and needs our support, <coughs> would benefit from our support. So we all have something to give each other, that support, that shared intention. Just feel it for a moment. We're not doing this alone. That's refuge in the Sangha. And not only do you receive support from everyone, you are also offering your support. Just wishing everybody true happiness and well-being and for their vision to more and more manifest. And then wishing well, not only to everyone here, but to all beings everywhere may all realize the highest happiness. May all see through their fears and confusion and know their true nature and express their love well. And may all benefit from our gathering here together. May all beings find the highest happiness and peace. So, <clears throat> hope it's a really happy and rich New Year for you. <clears throat> See you next year. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.